Hi, welcome to Sparkle and Destroy episode number 33. This is your host, Haley Crusher Kane, reporting from the van. Dr. Kane has pulled over. We are at a rest stop in Eugene, Oregon, heading southbound toward California. And before we get into this episode, I wanted to let everybody know that our new album, Haley and the Crusher's new album, Vintage Millennial, is so close to being done, it's freaky. It's real scary. January 31st is the release date, January 31st, 2020. Um, But we are doing a pre-order right now for the pink LP and the t-shirt, and that ends on Tuesday, December 31st, in just a few days after this is coming out. We have some uh, release shows coming up, so for all that information, just go over to our website. You know where that's at. Um, I'll link it in the show notes, HaleyandTheCrushers.com. And also, I want to premiere one of our new singles that came out this holiday season, Gabby is a Dom. It's a slow jam, and it's about when I lived in Long Beach and had a friend who was working in a sex dungeon who uh, went from being a submissive to a dominatrix. And when that happened, she gave me all of her white lingerie, and she seemed to uh, t- go onto a trajectory of uh, badassery and self-empowerment, uh, both uh, unsavory things have happened to her but also really good things have happened to her so that's what that song is about and I hope you enjoy it and uh, without further ado here is Gabby is a Dom and we're gonna hit the road okay bye now Gabby is a Dom she put those big back boots on and those white negligees you know she gave them to me you know I saw her on the streets Leather to her teeth, yeah She said, I don't wanna be a sub no more I can't see her Whipping chain in her hand And the way she felt inside All the boys will never understand What it takes, what it really means To be Gabby is a dumb She wrote a letter to her mom She said, I know this ain't the life you wanted for me But now she's doing pretty good She's getting hundreds like she should, oh yeah And she likes to see those charms on their knees I can't see her whipping chain in her hand
from somewhere in Northern California. Uh, this is Dr. Kane, Haley Crusher Kane, Peyton Manning, and Mavis reporting for duty. Maybe, baby. We uh, stayed in an Elks Lodge in Red Bluff, California last night. We also picked up our records in Oakland at Pirates Press yeah. Records. We picked up 500 of them. Uh, we tried a new color this time, uh, hot pink. And when we, neon pink. I'm sorry, neon pink. And when we went to open the first record of the bunch, it was like blinding, shocking, amazing. And so we're very, very ecstatic to have also picked up these records and saved $400 on shipping. So we picked up the records. We had some Indian food on our, way to- on our way up. We're on our way up to Seattle. And um, this morning we woke up at the gas station or at the uh, Elks Lodge, uh, dumped our uh, toilet out in our uh, an actual legal toilet dumping receptacle. That was fun. I washed my face with a hose near the toilet washing out area. That was refreshing and invigorating, zesty even. And then we stopped at a gas station where I have been completely uh, involved with work and emails and Facebooking. And I have completely missed all the ambiance of this gas station, which now Reed will tell you all about. So I'm not even sure what city it was, but or t- I, it's not even a city. It's just a spot on the highway. And uh, when you first walk in, you're greeted by an old lazy boy chair that says covered in garbage bags it says keep off i'm not sure what that was about and a magazine rack full of pornographic magazines which i'm shocked they even make them anymore um i bought a king-sized mint hershey something or other candy bar and 30 dollars worth of fuel the end and you think there's dead bodies in and in and around this location? Can you please explain? Oh uh, yeah, uh, it seems like the people who are running the gas station may also live in the RV behind the gas station. And I suspect, judging by the radio station they were listening to, that there are a number of dead bodies in and around that gas station, buried in various uh, alcoves and under trees. So that's something. That's something. Yeah. Um, Scary Larry. Gary Larry and his weird-ass wife. Uh, also, shout-out to the Yolo County Sheriff's Department, which we saw last night. Yolo! Yeah. you think this tanker's full of coffee? We're uh, passing the best coffee oil tanker. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, that's good news. That means we're headed in the right direction. Headed towards the land of coffee. All right. Signing off. driving on our way to Portland and there was no one else really next to us on the freeway and my window passenger side small window next to my main large window just like exploded for no reason so we're stopped in Rogue Rogue River which is scenic has a very very large tree in the middle of town that is larger than any Christmas tree I've ever seen in my entire life even in Germany at the Christmas markets and we put tape on our window and we're trying to figure out how the hell we're going to fix this because we have to live in our van. So it's kind of like the window of our house is broken. Anyways, I'll keep you posted. Mm-hmm. 
So we fixed the window by the seat of our pants uh, to finish the story here. This is the day after Christmas. I'm in Bremerton, Washington, drinking my first cup of coffee at my mother and stepfather's house out in Bremerton, Washington, which is just across the sound from Seattle for a 45-minute ferry ride. Uh, Her house is located next to a turkey farm and a Christmas tree farm, which is pretty much the most Christmassy thing you could ever imagine. Um, So anyways, I should probably tell you how it all worked out. So um, we were really freaked out because we basically had a hole in the side of our house and having all our gear and laptop and, you know, everything we own in this van, it's kind of not really plausible to keep it um, taped up. (laughs) We kind of needed to have it actually fixed. So I went through a lot of like rigmarole, rigmarole, um, in figuring out where we could get the part we needed on the route north to Seattle, knowing that we had very little wiggle room to get to our first show Friday night in Seattle or Tukwila, Tukwila, if you will, which is just outside of Seattle. So there was a part that was supposed to go to, um, uh, I think Eugene. I don't remember what city it's, this was like two weeks ago anyways. And that part actually was sent South instead of North to a different place. So at the last minute we had to like scramble to like get it sent to Portland, but it was only, it wasn't going to arrive on the truck until like 1 p.m. So that meant we had a couple hours in Portland to just like wait around, even though we really needed to get to Seattle on time to practice with a drummer we've only played with once, like six months ago. So <laughs> the stupid window got fixed. We hightailed it up to Portland. I'm sorry, to Seattle. Um, we practiced in Capitol Hill at a really cute practice space where our friend Jeff of the band Rat Queen and Razor Clam practices and where our uh, Seattle drummer, um, Jason Shaw practices. He currently does not have a band right now, but he is an, an awesome drummer. And so we get there, we try to find parking, we finally park, we get down into this practice space, which is down a big flight of stairs. And Jason has everything set up, which was awesome. There was a PA set up. There were two microphones, amps, and we just plugged in. And we had not played since, like I said, last summer, about six months ago. And uh, even then, it was a really last-minute show, and he had just heard like our music an hour before the show. So he, amazingly, he had listened and studied very, very hard to the set list I had sent him a couple weeks ago. And so uh, he did a great job practiced then we jumped in the van and we headed out to Tukwila, Tukwala, whatever and to the Lucky Liquor where we played with Rat Queen also um we played with a Muffs tribute band called Agony which was really cool that um our friend Jeff uh fronted and it was like wanted to cry one second wanted to cheer the next because obviously Kim Shattuck is no longer with us on this planet and hearing Jeff sing the songs so soulfully and so like raw, especially with the screaming, gotta have the screaming. It was a lot. Uh, we were there for Brian Foss's birthday, a man who is the first person to play Haley and the Crushers on KEXP radio, which is like the cool radio station up in Seattle. So that was a really fun night. Um, nothing weird to report, just basically a bar show, uh, I feel like 
because we hadn't really played with Jason that much. It was a little bit uh, rickety, but, you know, no one's fault entirely. Just getting back in the groove. I've talked about this many times on the podcast. You have to allow yourself to be a little bit shitty to get better. And uh, sometimes you take one step back to go two steps forward. In fact, that's pretty much everything in life, I think. So um, don't sweat it. Uh, Next night, we were in Portland and we played Twilight Cafe, which came together beautifully. Jason played amazingly and we all kind of came together and had a really fun show. Um, Yeah, and now we are back in Bremerton, Washington, drove back up here. Um, It's been a very good Christmas, very very mellow Christmas um, at my mom's house and my stepdad's house up here. Hopefully you guys had a really good holiday. Um, I have not stopped working uh, at all. And maybe that is uh, something to think about in the new year. When to work, when to not work. As a freelancer, kind of always feel guilty when I'm not working. And when I am working, I'm like, what the hell? I should not be working. It's Christmas time. Also, Christmas time is just random. I mean, what is Christmas time? I know I have Christmas privilege because I have a mom that is still alive that is making Christmas for me and that's Christmas privilege, but you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's people treat it so seriously and it's just not my favorite holiday. I feel like there's a lot of pomp and circumstance that goes along with it and a lot of commercialism. I know that sounds really dumb. Everyone says that, oh, it's so commercial, but it is, it's just, it's a lot of pressure and something like Thanksgiving where all you have to do is eat and like be cool to your family and be nice is like just makes more sense to me but again I have Christmas privilege because I'm not the one decorating I'm not the one buying the tree I you know I'm not the one that's going all out being Santa Claus so um also Santa Claus speaking of Santa Claus we were really 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 happy that um my stepdad aka Santa Claus uh, offered to buy us a fan for our van, which sounds very unsexy, like who cares, but it's a huge deal for us. The fan will allow us to have fresh air circulating inside our new van. Uh, it allows us to not have condensation forming, uh, like wetness inside of the van, which happens when it's really cold out and we're obviously in there sweating and breathing and stuff. And you'll wake up in the morning and there'll be like droplets of moisture like you're camping that doesn't happen all the time but it does happen so that will be mitigated also we can cook inside the van now if we want to which i don't trust myself to operate the coleman gas stove in the van but you know if it was raining or it was crazy weather we could totally like cook up a taco because let's face it that's all we eat on the road tacos egg tacos egg tacos yeah just basically egg tacos eggs and tacos because they're easy to easy to transport um so yeah we got a new van fan and so reed's going to install it when we get home and that's very exciting um words of wisdom for christmas i feel like every year i come home and i'm like revert back into being a teenager a little bit or like a little kid and i think that's common for people when they quote unquote go home um and hang out with their uh, parental units for an extended period of time uh, and I think it's a good thing and a bad thing. Mostly you just learn about yourself and you learn the ways that you've grown as a person and you can make choices about like how you want to interact as an adult, which is like a little uncomfortable sometimes because 
you're suddenly thrown back into this feeling of like being a little kid. And I mean, I don't know anyone of any age that doesn't somehow relate to this. And it's like kind of a vulnerable place to be in when you're like, okay, I'm an adult person, but, and yet I'm going to like, I don't know, make some thing in my mind, some big deal about like how my so-and-so, whoever family member like responded to this comment or like, whatever like just stupid little things that don't even matter but I feel like the family dynamic comes back in a really weird way in the holidays and I I think that's like for Thanksgiving as well and like it's not really necessarily one side of my family or the other because my parents are divorced it's more in general like even last Christmas I spent just with my sister uh in Germany and it was really like intimate experience just to have Christmas with my sister because we don't get to see each other that often anymore and in general it was amazing but of course there were like a couple moments where like we both got on each other's nerves and you kind of like revert back to like being a little bratty like sister you know so I think that's just the thing people like always are struggling with during the holidays and instead of like resisting it it's better to just admit okay I'm like this is how I'm feeling and it's okay. And like, this is part of being human. It's part of like the grow, like the growing pains that we're all going through. I do recommend that you do what I did, what Reed and I did, where we took a little bit of a breather, spending about a week with uh, my mom and Killian has been really lovely over a week, but you know, you need to get out of that family dynamic sometimes and just let loose. We took the ferry, we took the van and the ferry, uh, drove the, fan, the van onto the ferry and took it back to Seattle for a night. We went country dancing at the Little Red Hen in Seattle. Uh, we love to go country dancing. Some people don't know that, but we are really good at Texas two-step. In fact, our honeymoon, right after we got married, we, first of all, we went to Bakersfield because why not? We love like Buck Owens and like, we love like the Crystal Palace and and that kind of stuff like old old weird country and we can always find crazy outfits and stuff like at the thrift store like I found this insane like completely rhinestoned out dress that was like Loretta Lynn on steroids or Dolly mixed with Loretta Lynn it was amazing anyways um so we went two-stepping and that's one thing that we don't get to do often in California because there's not that many honky-tonks anymore or at all (laughs) I don't know if there ever were but Um, up here, there is this one legendary honky tonk where there's a dance floor. There's like basically a rule, like this, you know, around the edges, uh, you slide around the floor and you do your dancing in the middle, you do your twirling. It's like, it's a real place to go dancing. And it's not like everyone's an amazing dancer. And I'm not saying we're the best dancers in the world, but we could let loose and just go be ourselves. And like, I drank a glass of tequila because I ordered a glass of tequila. I don't know why. Um, but I think that's the holidays. (laughs) We took a chance to say, we love you guys, but we're going to go and do a couple things, you know, go have, you know, dinner and go to thrift stores and vintage stores, whatever we want to do and like leave the house and go dancing and have a night of, you know, prancing and dancing. Um, one thing I love about honky tonks whenever I do get to go is I get to dance with like one or two old men, and uh, this this time I got asked to dance by a man who I can only describe as looking like 1970s uh, real estate broker Santa. 
our real estate uh, agent Santa. He was wearing white polyester pants that had the permanent uh, pleat in the front of them and a red Santa cap and a red sport coat. And he looked amazing. Uh, he was doing some weird waltzy stuff that I did not understand, but I got like maybe 78% of the dance, but not the rest. And uh, it was nice. I think that that's like the spirit of the season. Dance with a lonely old man, you know, get out of your comfort zone and, you know, don't be afraid to say, you know what, I need to take a break because we all need breaks, especially this time of year. And so that definitely does play in my mind during this time of year and like thinking about goals and like, what's the point? <laughs> that sounds so depressing. Not what's the point, but like, what do, what do, not what do I want to achieve in the new year so much, but like, why? When you start asking that question, it's like, hmm, why do I want to do that? And it's like, sometimes you don't like the answer and other times you totally love the answer, but perhaps other people don't like the answer. So I invite all of you to take stock of uh, what you have accomplished in the past year. Think about it. Slow down. If you feel weird or shitty or slightly depressed, that's totally normal. It's the holidays. For all the reasons I just said, uh, this is definitely a time that people become dormant again, go into themselves, retreat into their minds, into their heads, which is not always a great place to be. Um, if you feel like you didn't do enough in the last year, you know, maybe it was a hibernation year. I think we're setting ourselves up for a little bit of a hibernation year. We had like a bazillion shows. We traveled like over 8,000 miles in one tour. Uh, we Reed sold his shop, his comic book shop. Like we rented out a new part of our home to Airbnb. So like we basically don't live in our house anymore. There's like a lot of things that happened that were just so crazy life-changing this past year, um, including me like ramping up tons of work um, where I wasn't working as much before because I was kind of complacent. I, I really went out and tried to triple my income which meant like addressing how much I charge for things and all the, all the stuff that goes along with that. So this freaking last year has been, 2019 has been very intense in certain ways. And I think 2020, we are allowing some white space in our schedule and allowing big opportunities to come to us instead of continually like over scheduling every season so that there's like, recording, touring, promoting, blah, blah, blah. Like I have been working on my book still and it's been, this will be on my second year or third year where I worked on my book and I want to finish this thing. I want to finish my book. Uh, I definitely want to make music. I want to make a ruckus and make noise and express myself, but I also owe it to myself to finish this thing I know Reed has some paintings in him. He really wants to get out. Believe it or not, he's an amazing painter, commercial painter. Everything he paints sells, and he likes it that way. <laughs> so we have just things we want to do, and perhaps less is more this 2020. But, you know, don't hold me to it because 
I'm currently working on a handmade zine that we're doing with the new record, as we talked about in the top of the show. Um, because, of course, we can't just put out a record. We have to have a handmade zine. Did you know that? It's like what has to happen. It's it's just nature with us. So, yeah, embrace your um, weird arbitrary deadlines like I do. Embrace them, but also question them. And um, thank you guys for listening. I know that the this year has been erratic and a little bit weird in terms of my output. And I appreciate you uh, listening and commenting. And thanks for sharing this weird uh, little space with me in the van. And I will talk to you guys in the new year in 2020. Bye.